Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cool podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, my name is Michael Bath, and today we're going to be joined by Steve again, GT Steve on Instagram. He loves it when I tell him to tell everyone his Instagram uh, handle. Uh, but Steve's going to join us shortly. He's going to be on the line from Zoom again. Well, not from Zoom, through Zoom again. Uh, we do this by Zoom. Steve's in Australia. I'm currently in London for the next couple of weeks and then back to Bahrain. It's hard to believe we're, um, we're actually up to, this is episode 33. Uh, I started this podcast way back in uh, December last year. I did a couple of episodes and then I kind of walked away from it for a few months and then uh, in isolation in Bahrain during quarantine, during uh, the peak of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic when I was in Bahrain. Um, basically, we didn't go into the office and we were stuck in the apartment pretty much every day. Um, so I thought, why not take up the podcast again? Why not start doing it? Uh, I purely left it just because of the fact of uh, you know other commitments and work commitments and just getting the time to actually do this. Um, those of you who know me, uh, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, I don't post as many videos as I used to, but I do try to post at least, I mean, this podcast will always go up on YouTube. Uh, some of my listeners prefer to hear the podcast on YouTube to um, instead of playing it through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or, or pretty much everywhere where it is in the podcast um, hosts or the podcast, what do you call them? Podcast publishers, podcast suppliers. I never know what to call them. Um, so my YouTube channel, I, I do have that as well. And that, that uh, the podcast does go up there. I also do watch videos on the YouTube channel and occasionally tech videos, but mainly Porsche and uh, Porsche and watches. If you're interested in both of those, then check out my YouTube channel. It's um, just simply Michael Bath. If you do a search, it'll come up. So I had an idea, uh, an idea another idea for the podcast. Uh, I did post it on my Instagram, but we'll talk about that. I'll get Steve on the line. Uh, I'll get Zoom set up here now and we'll get Steve on the line and um, we'll have a chat about the... Uh, the new idea for Porsche Cooled, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, it's just something I thought of yesterday. Um, so we're going to get that, uh, I'm going to get that started hopefully in the next week or so. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it with Steve. It's better to talk about it with, uh, with, uh, with Steve. So let me get him on the line. Uh, like I said, I hope the quality is okay. I think the last podcast that the, the audio quality was actually much better. Uh, I'm tweaking it every time. I'm working out the faults, the problems with uh, using uh, a program like Zoom to do these recordings. Um, for those of you who are interested in any in, into tech side or audio side, I don't actually record it through Zoom anymore. Uh, I, we record it on both sides. Uh, because we're both on Macs, we just record it through GarageBand. It actually provides better audio quality. Um, you can use um, Audacity if you're not on Mac. Audacity is a lot of podcasters use Audacity. So instead of recording it through Zoom, I record it through Zoom. Zoom allows you to record two separate audio tracks. And I do that purely, um, purely for a backup. But I record this through Zoom, uh, through Zoom, through GarageBand on my side, and Steve records it through GarageBand on his side, and then I just sync it up in the final edit. Um, for those of you who are interested, I know someone asked me that question, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, but that's how we do it. Uh, Zoom works pretty well. Zoom is actually good too. You're better if you have the video on because it does actually help when you see uh, the person on the other side. Um, like I said, I don't put these videos up on YouTube because they're not really that interesting when just seeing me and Steve talk, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it does help if you're doing a podcast or you're thinking about doing a podcast and you see the other person talking. If you just do purely audio, sometimes it's a little bit hard to, to know when to pause and not to pause. So it actually works a lot better. But anyway, um, just a little bit of an update there for people who've been asking me. So let's get Steve. Uh, he should be ready to come online now. 
Okay, so Zoom is working perfectly today. Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Morning for you. Evening for me. Morning. It's morning in London. It's uh, 10 o'clock, in the, uh, 10.30 in the morning. It's 7.30 in the evening with Steve in Sydney. Yeah, we've done the Correct. old switcheroo. We have. We have. We're recording this at different times now. I'm just looking at my levels and they're really, really flat and I don't understand why. So hopefully this is recording okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm looking at GarageBand and it's like so flat. Normally it should be a bit more bouncy than that, but see what happens. Mm. Um, okay, so welcome back. As I said before, this is a Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, I did the intro before we got Steve online so Steve doesn't have to hear my boring intros. Um, what's been happening, morning, Steve? I did, mm. I did. What's been happening? Uh, not much. Weather's kind of warming up in Sydney. Um, you know, I, I got Jack of doing, I'm quite busy work-wise, I got Jack of it, so I went downstairs and washed the car today, and I took you some pictures of my, um... Yeah. Tell the listener, tell everyone about your, your new seat inserts. Um, well, I've now got four sets of inserts, um, <laughs> for my, um, bucket seats in my 997.1 GT3, um... So I had them trimmed. They came from factory in um, the pearl on the fire retardant fabric. Um, when I picked up the car, used it had little rips in it. So I had them reupholstered by um, somebody really good, um, exotic leather, um, who's also a family friend. Um, so I had it done in black Napa leather with um, Alcantara seat inserts, and then what? Was it about a year and a half ago? Maybe two years? You jumped on the trend. You jumped on the trend. I jumped on the trend. Um, so <laughs> I had basically discovered the um, 911R that um, Gary from Classic FX in the UK could source um, the Pepita houndstoothy fabric that was on the 911R. And I loved the look of those. I saw it in the um, Porsche Museum when I went um, on my honeymoon. So took the plunge, bought some fabric, blah, blah, blah. Long story short was that um, it, it was right at the end of his kind of being able to source the fabric, and I only had enough to make one one set of inserts. I only had one side. I thought it was so, one and a half. <laughs> oh, it was one and a bit. But regardless, it wasn't the full, it wasn't a matching set. So yep. got the shits. Ordered um, the just the more traditional black and white um, Pepita, like the kind of classic merino wool um, from Gary, and had a set of those made up. Um, so mm. I was driving around with them in the car. Um, I think it's in your YouTube video from. Yeah, Catalonia. I showed it in the YouTube video, and I sat in it. It it's not a very stiff fabric. That fabric was it. It was quite. It's a little bit sort of more has a bit more give to it. I think to that fabric. Yeah. Compared Whereas, to the one you've just going to tell, tell everyone about now, I think the other one, it looks, it appears to be stiffer, this, the original much different. fabric. It's much different. So to round up the story, basically, um, I don't know why, I think when you were kind of tooling around looking at um, all of your up interior stuff, I'd, I just reached out to Gary and sort of said, hey, can you still, have, have you managed to source more of that kind of fabric? And he said, funny that you say that, yes. So I bought some more and had the other side done and... This is ages ago, and um, uh, Clarence at Exotic um, finally had it all made up. Um, so they look good. They look good. Yeah. Steve just sent me a, to everyone listening. Steve just sent me an image of it. Um, hopefully, he'll let me post that. I might post it on P nine nine seven point one Instagram. 
Yeah, um, not Porsche cooled on the P9 and 7.1, my other Instagram. But um, I think it looks good. It looks like it's more, the, the fabric looks, it's got more, you can see it. It's, it's more rigid. It, it, I mean, it it's, looks like basically the 911R inserts, right? It's, it's got a thicker weave to it and it's, um, it's not black and white. It's um, agate gray. Like it's sort of more like a warmer two-tone gray yeah. type thing. It just looks more modern. It doesn't look sort of really old-fashioned, which I think is a little bit out of keeping with um. I think, it, I think it looks good. I think it looks good. And I think it looks good with your carbon uh, wood shifter knob. I actually think it does work. I think you're wrong about it. The only thing that I think is is clashing a little bit, and, I, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this in a bad way, I'm just, I just looked mm -hmm. at the picture and I'm trying to work it out in my head, is the red stitch. I'm just, it's the red on stitching the, on the seats, which I'm, I'm not oh, the embroidery sure what's. On the... Yeah, I'm not sure if it's, the wood goes with the insert, uh, but I'm just not sure. There's something... There's something that's bothering me, and I don't know what it is. And that's yeah, maybe look, what you're seeing too. I so I, I actually picked them up um, last week or whatever, but I'd just been so busy I didn't actually stick them in the car. So I washed the car today, and then just um, they literally kind of um, velcro in and out. Um, so I don't know. I'm in two minds. I think I I sent um, Michael a text sort of saying, "What do you think?" I think because I think it could be a bit over the top because basically I've got like bits of red detailing i had the um ro style um door pulls um in mm. combination with the wooden shifter in combination with the peter kind of inserts no, and I'm, I'm looking at the images now Stephen. honestly i think it it no it works it does work oh, no. i think it might be a bit porsche tragic to be honest <laughs> really yeah maybe i mean i think the color of the inserts is slightly better the other one's more black weren't they these are more gray yeah yeah, it's softer. I kind of like how it's softer, the inserts. Um, but anyway, I'll post that picture and everyone else can have a look at it and see what they think. Um, so that's if good. It, At least something good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so I've now got four sets of inserts. <laughs> um, you should and, sell the other ones. Nah, I quite like the, um, I like the Alcantara ones. So, um, oh, not so the Alcantara, the, the other Pepita ones you've got. I keep them for your next GT3. You might get a GT3 or GT2 and you can put them in that. Yeah. You have two, see, just on the off chance. But um, uh, Clar <laughs> Clarence, my mate, um, uh, who did the upholstery, kind of laughed at me and just sort of said, I mean, like, you know, you can just sort of swap swap them in and out, like kind of changing a pair of shoes or wearing a different coat every day. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they look good. I mean, you know, um, just so people, and I, I, just in case other people, people listening today have missed the previous episode, um, the guy in the UK is called Classic FX, correct, Steve? Yeah, Gary. He's on rail. Yeah, Gary at, Gary at Classic FX. So even when I've been looking for 912s for sale in my, my little endless search that I do, my little fun search, um, mm. I've come across a couple of cars that have actually said that they've been done by Classic FX. So he's kind of well-known. He does interiors. If you're in the UK, I reckon you, you, would, have to use, you would have to use him. Especially hey, um, if you got your, you know, if I got a car, if you if you bought a car into the UK, seriously, if you if you've got a car from the US, a nine twelve, the first thing I would do would put it into there. Anyway, I'm getting back, I'm getting into the conversation coming up because that's part of our conversation today. Okay. Steve and I are kind of like, you know, not fudging it, but we're we're talking about Porsche Porsche inspiration or Porsche inspiration, and I guess it's all those places that we go to, and I'm guessing some of you guys go to as well, that inspire us i guess before the purchase before your first purchase that help you during uh during your ownership 
uh, and other things that are just fun to to go to to uh, get inspired by, to get information from, or just to like talk to other Porsche enthusiasts. So I think that's kind of like the general a general theme for today. We always like to have a sort of a theme or some kind of thing going through the episode. Correct, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I think there's tons of obvious ones. Like I'm sure everybody that listens to this like reads or list or whatever else. But um, you know. I reckon there's some so, really interesting kind of places um, of information and just, you know, visual pictures and all of that sort yep. of stuff, content, basically. Yep. So before we get into that, I just, wanted, I just want to mention a couple of things, as I always do, just to start. Uh, the first thing is, um, I don't like talking about asking for money and stuff, but we did put <laughs> Porsche Cooled on. We did put Porsche Cooled on Patreon. Um, I'm not sure how... If Patreon is the right thing, uh, the thing is with Podbean, they don't really make it easy to do it who hosts the podcast. Uh, we're on Patreon and I haven't told Steve this yet, but we've actually have our first member. Someone actually joined it. Um, what what have you offered they, in return for this? The, and they joined yeah, a free message with Steve. Uh, and the person will be listening to this podcast and I'm really, I am, I should have been prepared. And this just shows you how unprepared I am today. Um, and uh, Tim. I'm not going to mention his last name, but Tim is the first member of Porsche Cooled on Patreon. Uh, he joined up to the top tier, which was $5 US. Go, Tim. Um, so that's great. Thanks for that. Uh, I just want to get wined and dined by Michael. No, he'll get early access, which I, which I do have to still work out how to do. I haven't worked out how to do that. And uh, we're going to do, when we get a few more members, and I think this is a problem. If we get a few more members, we'll do, Steve and I'll do like live streams and Q&As and stuff, won't we, Steve? Bloody hell. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but that, that, that is purely just to give uh, some funds to help uh, get some new equipment and things like that, just to support the podcast um, because small podcasts don't, have, uh, don't get sponsors, basically, and we are a small podcast. Even though you guys love us, we are a small podcast. Um, also, on, on following in from that, uh, we're still getting reviews on Apple Podcasts, and the reviews on Apple Podcasts are really, really helpful uh, because they do actually help us in the search results with Apple and get us in the charts in Apple Podcasts, which we are constantly in the charts. We go in and out like most podcasts. Um, but we had another podcast during the week. Oh, actually yesterday. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was from the UK. He'll know if he's listening. So thank you for that um, review. Um, and then uh, yesterday I put up a post on, not on Porsche Cooled actually, which probably doesn't make sense to anyone. I put it up on P997.1, my other Instagram. And we had an idea, Steve and I, for a second episode of Porsche Cooled. Um, and this will probably go up on Tuesdays. It may not go up every Tuesday, Steve. It may just be every second Tuesday. It might be every Tuesday. We'll see how we go. Um, and basically, simple idea is uh, you guys that listen to the podcast, if you have Porsches and you want to talk about your Porsche, uh, your Porsche story, I guess. I'm not going to say journey. I hate saying Porsche journey, but your Porsche, Porsche story and talk about your car, um, that sort of thing. It will be a shorter episode. It'll be around 20 maybe 25 minutes like the episodes I did in the beginning before Steve came on board. Um, so it'll be a shorter episode so you don't have to talk for an hour. Don't get scared. Um, I did do a reach out. If anyone wants to send me a DM, you can send me a DM through Porsche Cooled Instagram or you can send me an Instagram P997.1 or even Michael Bath on Instagram. Um, I haven't had anyone reach out to me as yet. <laughs> uh, so don't be scared if anyone's out there if they want to do it. Um, I have got one person lined up. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but I have got one person lined up who will um, do the first, the very first one. 
Uh, we'll keep that a surprise. I don't want to say who it is. We'll keep it as a surprise. <laughs> um, all right, Steve, that's it. Uh, also, I paid for my parts from uh, Design LS, from Linas, my leather parts that have been going. I think I, I think I originally ordered them in May or June, so now it's September, so that's pretty good. Yeah, um, cool. They look great. Uh, I ordered them. I'm guessing they're them? being shipped to us. Well, I, I'm guessing since I paid for them, they've already been shipped. I don't know. Cool. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've got to, I'll have to send another email. You can spoon them in bed at night once you receive them. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm worried that when they go to Australia, they're going to be stuck in a box. I'm going to have to get Natasha's brother to take them out of the boxes, and I'm worried it's going to go mouldy or something. Oh, they're coming to Australia. You're not getting them to the yes, UK? It, no, no, they're not going to the UK because there was a slight mix-up oh, with right. the fact right. that I have to pay 20% VAT, and he was quoting me Australia prices because we changed it, and I said I wanted them sent to us to the UK. And then yep. so to save the you know a few hundred pounds, I'm getting them sent to Australia. Even with postage, I still save a couple of hundred, I don't know, sure. $200 Australian or 250 Yep. Um, so that's that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? And then the seals, which I still need to buy, the stainless steel seals. I will buy those um, before I leave here in the UK in a couple of weeks. Uh, what else did I buy? I bought a copy of the Curves magazine. I think I showed you that last time, did I, Steve? Or I told you about it? Yeah, I think you sent me a picture, but I didn't. I'm not familiar with it. So, Curves magazine is done by, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, and I think it's Stefan Stefan Bonnier Bonnier. Um, and basically he does this magazine, which is like drives through countries. The first few episodes, the first few magazines were only in German. Mm -hmm. Uh, the latter episodes, he's done quite a few now. He's done ones with Thailand and Scotland and this one's Southern Germany and Nick, who, um, you guys have heard me mention about before, owns a career for us in London. He had a copy and I had a look at it when I met up with him a couple of weeks back and, um, I bought it. Inspiration, inspiration, Steve, for driving, inspiration for getting away from everything else in life and just getting in a car and just driving through countries. That's, that's pretty cool. Is it, um, is it purely a mag or does he do other platforms? He does. A, no, he does. He did a book for the, and I haven't bought it and it's in my Amazon cart for a long time. And, and it's a worthwhile book. It's 70th. Uh, it's 70. It was, he produced a book for the 70th anniversary. It's a quite a thick book. Um, I always mm-hmm. worry about buying very thick books cause I've got to carry them back to Australia, but um, he did do a book as well. The photography is quite good, and I, and what I like about the curves thing is it's this one is southern Germany, and it's mm-hmm. about how you can just drive across across. I don't think they really call it southern Germany, but you can drive across. So it has all the imagery and the the road footage and and the drives you should do. Um, right. But it's a, I think it's a good magazine. I think it's one of those things, and I probably should have spoken about this later in the episode because this is what the episode is about. Um, but this is, I think it is inspiration. These sort of books. It doesn't really show a lot of. Um, Porsches. But if you go to yep. Curves Magazine, the website, it's in English and German. Uh, okay. You can see the other ones he's done. Um, the one yep. in Italy, I wouldn't mind getting. I noticed that was on sale on Amazon yesterday. Um, yep. But basically, it's a magazine produced in high quality for people who are passionate about driving cars, riding motorcycles, or cycling and in search of pleasure and adventure on the road. Concept was unique photographs of mountain passes and curves combined with a five-day road movie storyboard that offers the reader possibility experiencing the journey from the viewpoint of two principal characters before he senses of on the journey himself. Um, so that's kind of the concept of it. But I think it's a nice book. Beautiful photographs. Um, inspiration, really. Inspiration yeah. to get out and drive. If yep. I had a 911, I would. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's great inspiration. And I guess yep. people living in the UK, you know, the, the Scotland one, because, you know, so, and I know that even the guys on YouTube, um, they go driving to Scotland, right? A lot of these, like when they're doing reviews and stuff, because those and roads Wales, in Scotland yeah. are, And Wales, yeah, and Wales yeah. and Scotland, which are quite beautiful roads. Um, 
But anyway, Nick got me into that. I think he's um, he's planning a trip the next year. That's why he's uh, he's got the book. Um, cool. It'd be interesting to know, like, where the other. I don't know. There's sort of like the stereotypical, you know, old Pacific Highway in Sydney. But um, be kind of curious to know where the kind of picturesque places to kind of drive in Sydney are, or New South well, Wales, or Australia, even. Yeah, I was reading the book. I actually was looking at it last night, and I was thinking, well, wow, you do one of these for Australia, um, possibly. Possibly. You should be able to. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be quite beautiful scenery. You could actually do it. I mean, I think with southern Germany, I think it's the distance. It's the distance where you can go from one side to the other or through it is what he's saying. It's quite a, you know, it's like one journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where other countries have so many different roads. I mean, obviously, Italy is a good one. Um, in the Middle East, and I, I think I may have mentioned this to you before, Steve, like uh, in Oman, in Muscat, outside of mm. Muscat, all the roads in Oman, the, the, the government spends fortune on, on infrastructure, on roads, and their roads are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have... They have a lot of bicycle races, like cycling races and car mm-hmm. events that actually happen in, in Muscat, outside of Muscat. Um, and I've been to Oman a few times and on those roads. And, and every time I'm there, I say to Tasha, the one thing I want to do is I want to get a 911 and I want to drive through and spend like, I don't know, a couple of months just driving around Oman because it's quite, it's beautiful countryside. Yeah, right. It's a very beautiful place. And I think that'd be a great thing to do, um, to document it and to do it. So that's, I don't know, that's one of the things that... That you know, I think about every now and again, which I would like to add to yeah, the list. Probably in Australia, I reckon uh, Tasmania. I mean, maybe yes. maybe for um, your global following followers, mates, whatever. Um, what Tasmania might be known for Target Tasmania, maybe I don't know. Like yeah, it to is. some motorsport People, heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I've, I've been to Tassie twice. And just had a rental car and both times it's like, oh, man, I wish I kind of had like a, a, a 911 or a good car. Um, so the roads are really roads good really... in Tasmania? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand, actually, if you go to um, South Island of New Zealand, it's probably just as good, if not better. Um, yeah, I have to admit Tasmania. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking I never, I've never been to Tasmania, which is very weird. Oh, I should go. But that would, great. Be a great, that would be a great group trip, you know? Like Absolutely. if you could get time out and go with just a couple of mates, just take a couple of people down to go with a few people with your Porsche and just, you know, take the ferry over, right? You could take the ferry over the Bass Strait or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, there's some really nice, um, Tassie is really good for food as well, um, the produce there. And there's some really nice restaurants and there's some nice places to stay. So um, I'd, I'd recommend it. We should do that. Yeah, cool. Just come we home. We should do that. That would be a great thing to do. Um, but I've seen that Target Tasmania, and I've seen there's been a lot of Porsche. I think Auto House did something with Target Tasmania, didn't they? I think there's an old video I saw on the Grant used to somewhere. navigate, I think. Um, I think yeah, I think it's an old video. That's what I think it is. Grant from Auto House in a like being navigator in some rally car, and I think it was yeah. Tasmania. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. What Curves else? Magazine. Curves Magazine. You just got the RS book. I've just ordered the RS book. Loving RS book, which is 50 Years of the Porsche RS. That's a great book. Mm. Um, we'll get onto that a bit later, though, because I want to talk about that publisher. Yeah, um, cool. And that's about it. Um, I have been looking at cars again online. I know we're getting to the topics, too. I'm going to eventually get there. Um, mm. But I have been looking at cars online. And I found a couple of things interesting, which was last night on Bring a Trailer in the US. Uh, mm. And there was 911 SCs for sale. There were two going for auction at the same time. Um, there was an 81 Targa and there was a 79 mm. Coupe. And both of them were in good condition. Both of them were quite well looked after. Both could be driven regu- you know, straight away. Uh, it was interesting. Both of them didn't sell. Both of them didn't meet the reserve. 
So mm-hmm. it's very weird that things don't sell like that. And it wasn't that expensive. It was like 30, they were only selling, they went up to about 36,000 US dollars for an SC, which I think based on Australian prices is actually quite cheap because I've seen SCs close to 100K in Australia, 90, 100K. They'd be so, more than 100 in Australia, wouldn't they? Yeah. Good SC. And these ones were, yeah, are they more than, more than 100? I'd say so, yeah. And don't these ones You can ones buy any 911 for less than 100 these days, can you? Um, Probably not. Not until these we are pretty good examples. Nine nine sixes, but yeah, yeah, true, true. Even nine nine. I saw a nine nine six the other day. The nine nine six Carrera two. Someone's trying to sell for seventy k. Like if they're trying to sell that for seventy k for a base Carrera nine nine six, then I can sell mine for at least one hundred and twenty. I don't know. When did, <laughs> when, did, when did they get up to that price? It's like crazy. It's like there's an insane person on on car sales trying to sell that GT three for two hundred and seventy five k, right? And he still hasn't reduced it. Oh, the white one with the um, yeah. grey wheels. Hello, if you're yeah. out there. Um, yeah. yeah, and then the silver, yeah. You never know, there might be a story behind, there could be a story, that, that could be a, like, um, honey, I promise I'm trying to sell the car and, you know, see, here's the ad. But Actually, that's they, a good point. Maybe they have you, no real intention of selling. That's a good point, Steve. You just price it out of the market and then basically you're never, <laughs> going, to have to, you're never going to have to give up here. Yeah, I can say to Tasha, I'll sell that Carrera and I'll put it up for 150 160 It'll never sell. Uh-huh. Um, but what else? I did find one thing though on car sales in Australia, and I sent it to you. I don't think you mentioned anything. I found a nine six oh. that nine six four that just came up in Brighton in Victoria. Oh, right. green tan, my one of my favourite colours, tan and oh, tan is that sand. It, that, uh, Porsche den is it? No, no, private seller, private seller oh, okay. in Brighton in Victoria. And he's got that, and you can see in the corner, he's done one of those photos where you know he's an enthusiast because you can just see the color of the blue other 911 that he's got, some other air-cooled 911, but he doesn't give it away. Right. So he's selling his 964. It's 149,000, Steve, for a 964 manual. Wow. How many K? 180,000 K. It's not bad. Apparently I mean, nothing wrong with it, all full services. Like he, he's, I like his description. It's very clear and very to the point. I love is things it, like um, that. What year model? Uh, it's got the wheel, the wheels that you hate. The D90s. 1990. I think it's 1990. Yeah. Okay. 1990, Oak green. I think it's Oak green. I don't know whether that's a proper car. I assumed it was Oak green. Tan, tan seats with black and tan dash, you know, the half and half thing they did. Yep. yep. Um, but it's a good one. I said to Tasha, I would really like to get that. Get Could it? I get that. Can't. 149k. Can't do it at the moment. Stuck here. Can't get back to Australia. Stop Anyway, that's what, that's. Yeah. Watches, don't get onto watches. Um, <laughs> anyway, this, we're talking about inspiration. Um, searching car sales and searching bring a trailer is part of my inspiration. I love doing that sort of thing, and I know Steve does as well. It's good to know what's out there. Um, mm. So where should we start, Steve? What, did you wanna, what do you want to start I don't know. This is gonna be pre- I reckon this is going to be quite random, right? Because um, we were just kind of going, oh, look, the, there's YouTube channels, there's Instagram pages, there's, you know, journos, etc. So I just reckon let's ping pong and I'll just kind of shout out like somebody I follow and why I follow them. Well, okay, let me start. So like one of my... The thing is though, can I just add a point first, one point? The thing is, hmm. you think this is all really like, uh, common knowledge, but I know that when I mention things on this podcast, I've mentioned things before. I get mm. messages from people saying, "I didn't know about that place." Thanks, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And sometimes you just think that everyone knows about it, and people don't. So, I guess in that that respect, it does. You know, it helps. It's just sharing information, right? Yeah, yeah. All good. Um, I'll 
No, I won't say that. I was going to say, like, I'll try to pick out some of the more obscure ones, but I don't really know if they're obscure or not, so just pretend I didn't say that. Cut that out of the edit, would you? Um, no. <laughs> so I reckon, like, one interesting pers- person, like a journo, is um, Jethro Bovingdon. Like, I think everybody sort of talks about Chris Harris quite a bit. Um, he's a UK... Jethro Bovingdon sort of wrote... I'd started following him when he was... Um, like a young guy on Evo, um, which was one of my fa- favourite car mags back then. Um, reason why I raise him is because he has this little story. I think it's if you kind of look up his kind of um, his clips on Drive Tribe, um, he talks about the um, 996 that he owns. Um, and I don't really know whether I am a 996 fan or a naysayer or whatever, but. Um, I just think his kind of little story about his 996 is quite interesting. Like, he's got, like, a Arena Red 996. That I think it had, like, 150,000 miles on it. It was a real beta car, but um, he bought it off somebody who was a bit of a specialist. And, like, Jethro Bovingdon, like, knows how to drive a car. He's a really good, like, proper proper journo, races at, you know, Nürburgring in the 24-hour race and all that sort of stuff. So he's kind of the, the sort of ilk of um, Chris Harris. Um, so if you haven't sort of followed him and looked at his little 996 and stuff like that, I kind of find found that quite interesting. Yeah, he's also the he's also the host of Top Gear US. Yeah, the one of the new hosts. He's the new host of Top Gear in in, in the states. Um, prior, and prior to that, most he people was speak on, quite. Um, prior hmm. to that, he was on Motor Trend with um, Johnny Lieberman, who I quite like as well. Sort of, they're quite right. entertaining. Mm. Um, I I don't know much about Jethro Bovington. I mean, I know who he is, mm. and I and I have watched I think some things on YouTube with him, but I don't really know that much about him. But I have heard him been spoken about a lot now because of the fact that he is um, people are raving about him because he's very good on um, Top Gear in the US. He's um yeah, if you just go back and look at his old videos, like um, back in Evo days and Drive Tribe and all of that sort of stuff. Um, He's just quite articulate. Um, so, like I said, he's a little bit kind of Chris Harris-like. I mean, the other sort of good journo I like to watch is um, Henry Catchpole, who's now on, um, what's it called? Car Fiction. Terrible name. Terrible name for a channel, but um, he's unreal too. Um, he's, he's a bit of a, you know, I mean, I guess most Porsche, uh, most journos, into Porsches, but I just I really like the style of um, the videos that he does and his kind of commentary and all of that. Yeah, I have uh, to say on YouTube, I mean, Carfection, especially um, Catchpole when he does Porsche uh, Porsche reviews, Porsche tests. Hmm. I think he's you know he's inspirational. It's good to see how he talks about the car and how he feels the car, and he hmm. and he's very similar, I guess, in a lot of ways to um, Chris Harris. I mean, Chris Harris is a Porsche Porsche fan. He's not. He doesn't just own Porsches. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think those two together are probably my two favorite people to watch uh, yep. on YouTube. I mean, yep. a lot of the other things with Porsches that come up that I watch are just like random people. In fact, I can't even remember half their names. They just, you know, I just do a search and then things come up and some are good and some are bad. Hmm. Um, but like you said, the ones that stand out, uh, the ones that stand out for reviews and for like, learning more about the car and seeing new releases and seeing them drive it. I think it has to be um, Carfection and it has to be Chris Harris. And I guess you can't 
rule out the Top Gear channel because sometimes the Top Gear channel is okay. Um, Top Gear UK channel, I think it is on YouTube. Mm. I think sometimes that is, you know, some of their stuff is still pretty good. Um, so that's good to watch. Um, but, you know, if, you know, then the other thing is, is uh, on YouTube, if, and, and these aren't really, I don't, I struggle with this a little bit pulling it out because I, I'm not saying these, these are not like, I guess when it comes to Carfection and it comes to Chris Harris, I, I guess you could call them kind of favorites. And then Harry Metcalf as well, who used to yep. be the, the founder of Evo magazine. Yep. Um, I guess Harry's Garage is his um, YouTube channel. Yeah, Harry's Garage, which you watch and you know watch for years, and he's got a great collection. And I like how he doesn't have all new cars. He likes to buy old cars and you know classic cars. And you know yep. he's got a Countach and he's got Porsches. He's had Porsches, and you know he has a good variety. And I think that's what's good about it too. And I think that's why Chris Harris is good to listen to in a lot of ways because I know that his collection of cars is a bit eclectic as well. Like he has different types of things. You know what I mean? Hmm. If you hear him talk about it. Um, I don't really listen to that other UK channel on YouTube, which has the podcast, that guy that used to be on, um, uh, fifth gear, Sniff oh, and Smith or whatever pod, Sniff or Smith or whatever that guy oh, yeah, yeah. that used to but, be on, he used to be on fifth, fifth gear, right? I think in the UK, I mean, I know he's out there and he's doing stuff. I don't really watch him so You're talking much. about Tiff Nidell? No, 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 no. The other one, that podcast that has the yellow, um, Yellow I know Sniff and thing. Smith, that's Richard Porter who used to write for Evo and he, he was a script writer of no, but the other guy, Top Gear. Isn't the other guy with him used to be on Fifth Gear? I don't know. Skinny guy, I think so. I think so. I think he yeah, was right. on Matt Farrer or Spike's, Matt Farrer or Spike's podcast. He was a guest. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off the point. Um, but I think, you know, those people are great because of their car collection, their car knowledge. I mean... Harry Metcalf, if you, ha if you don't know much about Harry Metcalf, listen to Chris Harris's podcast, which is Collecting Cars, and there's an episode that Harry's on it, and he tells you the whole history how he started Evo Magazine. And if, you, if you're not inspired to go out and do something different to your regular day job, then I don't know what's wrong with you after listening to that, because honestly, it's quite inspiring how he was a farmer. Harry Metcalf is actually a farmer. He, he still is. Farm. He still is. Yeah, he still is. And then he financed, he financed that magazine from the beginning by using the funds from a loan that was given to him to, to build a shed on his property or something, and he somehow diverted the funds, and that's how he started Evo Magazine. You know what I mean? And he I'm started assuming, it by though, just, like um, he's quite a but successful he by, farmer. <laughs> I don't think yeah, he's... No, but he's... Yeah, yeah, he's got plenty of money, but, but he started... Did you read that? He used to just yeah, yeah, loan out his car to Evo, his Maserati to Evo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then he got to know all the people, and then he eventually set up a magazine. It's like... It's like one of those dream stories. It's like Ted Gushu, you know, that now works, that, that has the job that we like, who does yeah. Type 7, who works, who's employed by Porsche, which is yeah. Type 7 is owned by Porsche. Um, you know, it's just that kind of dream Porsche job that you one day hope to have. Yep. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> A job? Yeah. I, 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 Oh, hang on. The other the other things that I watch, and you probably won't agree with me. The other things I watch, and this is not for Porsche on YouTube. This is just basically for reviews of cars, right? Uh, I do watch those guys. Are they in Canada? The Straight Pipes guys. Yeah, um, I like them. Yuri I and like, Yeah, I mean, I like some of their stuff. I don't like all of their stuff, but I like how when they just they do a review of the car and they're quite quite comprehensive. So I do watch those guys. I also got watched that other YouTube channel, the two English guys, the car guys, TV from the UK. 
Um, yeah, because he has a reasonable collection, and I think I watched. I think the first video I ever watched with those guys was actually a Ferrari one, where they compared the four five eight to the four eight eight Ferrari, and yeah. I thought it was quite well done. And of course, he had both cars; he owned both cars. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was quite well done. Um, he just got a Pista, actually a Ferrari Pista, which is like the most terrible spec I've ever seen in the interior. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand I was, it. I was about to say, I think, um, uh, I'm like. Uh, just a subjective opinion, but um, what he's done to his uh, Boxster Spider with that brown leather interior is uh, not exactly. He's. I didn't see that. Taste. He's. He's got a Ferrari Pista and he bought it in like I don't know yeah, silver grey color. You saw Sorry. it and that cappuccino yeah. interior. Everything's cappuccino. It's like man. Oh, I mean, okay. each well, you only if, you... If, you, if you find that if you find that sort of challenging. Um, Go go back and look at um his other chat like one of his other um videos because he's got a silver boxster like a new boxster spider um and he put like um the gumball stickers and all that sort of stuff so it's sort of like got a bit of a heritage look but have, <laughs> have a look at what he did to his seats <laughs> okay I don't know how come I missed that one but I've missed it I'll have a look at it well you know how I sort of even just labelled myself just then as I'm not sure about this whole um Pepita. Um, inserts and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil it for you. Have a look at what he what he did okay, to the seats to his look, car. I'll have a look. I'll have a look. All right. What else um, on YouTube, Steve? Anything else that inspires you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see, like what you just mentioned there, though. Like I'd sort of have a bit of a distinction between like proper car journos, like you know Chris Harris, Jethro, Henry Catchpole, versus sort of more like the influencer types like you know yuri and jacob and all that sort of stuff um one that i kind of quite like was um cars with luke um he's a guy based in switzerland he's got a really good eye um you can tell he knows how to handle the camera um and film and all of that sort of stuff um he he bought a gt4 but i think he's selling it but um if you haven't kind of watched his stuff um he does a lot of um he, he does sort of like a fair bit of kind of Porsche driving and sort of driving around the Swiss Alps, which you don't see much of, like, you know, when you live in Australia kind of thing. Um, but he's, um, he's got a nice sort of style about him and the way that he films is a lot of, a lot of I think a lot of the kind of slightly more, for want of better words, amateur um, YouTube sort of inf influences. The thing about Cars with Luke is that... Um, I think a lot of YouTubers, because it's obvious, like, my guess is that it's pretty hard to kind of make money from it, so you've got to pour a lot of time into it, but um, so people sort of tend to film on the cheap a, little, a lot more, whereas when you look at the um, the production values of how he kind of films stuff and everything, it's actually really, really slick. He, he really knows what he's doing when it comes to um, photography and filming, and right. just seems like a nice bloke. Um, I think I've watched it once. I can't really remember it, to be honest. Yeah, I think I have I, watched him. Actually, no, I have. I have watched him. I have watched him. I think. Paul, yeah. tall guy, always wearing the cap, um, and he he gets a hold of some quite um, some nice cars. So, I, I mean, admittedly, I tend to kind of try to find people with um, nine nine seven GT threes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Fair enough. Um, who's got them? I think I wrote it down. Sam Moore's the English photographer. He's got a blue mm. GT3 RS. He's he's more into podcasts at the moment. Um, I quite enjoyed his videos when he sort of did them, but I think he's kind of gone more to one podcast. Than... I'll have to check him out. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, he had a he had a few 
Um, his nine nine seven sort of stuff's kind of pretty cool. Um, there's that other there's that other dude triple eight mf um, who's got two um, RS four liters. Yeah, he's got the white and the black one. Um, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> um, you know they're great cars. I don't really watch his channel. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say why. I just don't. I just I don't know. There's just something about it for me that just doesn't it doesn't click. It's not. Yeah. It, I'll be honest. It doesn't come across very genuine. I don't know. It all looks a bit staged, and I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think it's a bit too staged, and I just don't like it. You know? oh, so okay. I, I don't really watch him. I mean, they're great cars. He's got two yeah. great cars. I don't know if you want to have two of them, though. To be honest, I think um, he yeah. looks like he kind of drives one more than the other. So he's kind of enjoying one and um, sort of slightly garage cleaning the other. I think it was interesting when, um, and you would have heard that one, Andre Brutinja, when he was talking to Spike and. Uh, hmm. Zuckerman was on the on the episode, and Zuckerman used to own two RS4s, um, hmm. 4.0s, uh, a white one and a black one, of course. He owned both, and he sold hmm. one. And the one he sold, he said, was the one that he didn't think drove as well as the other model. Like he was hmm. asking. There was a difference. Um, in it, yeah. yeah, why is there – did you remember that episode? Yeah, why yeah, is there a difference? Like he couldn't work out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was ever resolved, but it was, he was no, interesting because he said one, actually, one is actually better than the other. He thought the engine was better than the other. Yeah. Um, what else? I don't have much else. I mean, in YouTube things, you know, I like I like down to earth sort of things, uh, and I like sort of you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of other people I listen to. I think who are just like very amateurish, uh, like me. Um, <laughs> um, I do like look. You know, I, I do watch James at Auto Amateur. I'm not. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm going to say because I do watch James because I think you know seeing him grow is actually kind of interesting. How he's actually grown it with the, the 996 and obviously the 996 is very popular and his project 996 has worked quite well for him um and i think james and james style of channel is actually quite it's what just normal people want to watch you know what i mean um i think you need to have a, a thing yeah, about youtube I just can't get over the whole knife in the air yeah i know and... <laughs> i think i think with youtube that's the thing though you know like you want it's certain things you want to watch for certain you know you want to watch a review you want it a little bit more polished i think for me i like it a bit more polished um yep. sure you like to hear people's just general opinions but that's why carfection is quite good um you know that's what else? i mean that's that's sort of like a that's like a proper murdering channel as opposed to yeah yeah just to, and you yeah. know Channels like James and channel like, you know, you know, people of our, my sort of size, you know, low sort of subscriber count. It's just kind of literally, and I don't do reviews anyway, but, you know, yeah, James yeah. kind of does now. I notice James is getting other people's cars and doing reviews, which I think is good. You know, it's, it's a different perspective, a different perspective. Um, you know, I also other... watch. Sorry, mm -hmm. go. You go. No, I also watch TGE and I think you do as well, TGE TV. Yeah. And only because he does, you know, I find him quite okay i think he puts too many ads up now but i think i think he's quite okay and he's quite into porsche and it's obviously that he's made a conscious effort to buy more porsches and i guess that's investment wise and it's interesting to see people like that because he is a banker and you know you see people what they're buying and they buy things basically so they don't lose money um and the cars he buys i think is interesting because he buys things that will hopefully a, not lose him money yeah like a, he's pistol, a smart he got guy. A ferrari Ferrari Pista, you got the Carrera GT, he's got a Carrera 4S, he's got a 912, he just bought the black, he just bought a Turbo S in black. Now, the Turbo S in black is obviously a lease car, but you know, that's very smart because a Turbo S in black, 911, you will sell that in London in a flash because they're so popular. Like I said, they're, they're, 
there's a lot of them around on the road, but they're very popular. And I think I remember years uh, a while back, his brother had one, and he said that you know that that spec black on black is actually mm. like the spec that sells in Turbo S. It's like the mm. color people want. Um, so you know he buys things thinking ahead into the future and thinking you know how I can get my money back or how I can not lose money or how it can cost me very little money to own this car for a couple of years. So I think that's, you know, that's, that's good advice and it's good thing, you know, it's good to know that when you first start looking at um, Porsches. He's a smart cookie and I just, he's just entertaining. I don't think he hides the fact too that he's kind of quite commercial about his channel and, you know, like his whole kind of platform and everything is like good on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is as long as you kind of find him sort of entertaining and you're sort of happy to kind of watch it. I, obviously, when he's kind of hooning around in a Carrera GT and all that sort of stuff um, for people like us. I mean, us. the Carrera GT was really like the pinnacle, though. I mean, the fact that he bought that. I mean, he got a, I think he got a pretty good spec, too, that black with the, the tan interior. Did you see mm. the thing that um, Porsche do now? And he, was, he actually had a video about it. Or was it on Instagram? I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was on a video. The Porsche Carrera GT, Porsche now have that program where you can... Um, and Matt Farah spoke about this too. No, actually Spike spoke about it on one of his podcasts. Porsche had this program now where you can actually give your um, GT, Carrera GT back to them. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go to the factory, you can talk to them, or you can do it, I guess, remotely now because of COVID. And you can actually get your car uh, brought up to, you know, respect, like resprayed a different color or resprayed the same color or et cetera. They'll actually do it for you. They have a special program. For the Carrera oh, GT. It's interesting. And someone in the UK has a 918 Spider, and I can't remember the guy's name. He's on Instagram. He has a 918 Spider, and he has a Carrera GT. And he actually sent his car to Porsche, and they resprayed it to match the color of his um, 918 Spider. Yeah. So right. he actually changed the color of his Carrera GT. But it's done by Porsche. It's done by Porsches um, in Porsche factory. So it's this new program they brought out. Which I suppose is purely for the sake of values because, you know, like you can obviously take that to a really good paint shop and blah, 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 blah. Um, you're obviously just protecting your investment by saying that the factory kind of did it. But. Yeah, that is done through the factory program, which I think, yeah. you know, I think Porsche is very clever like that recently. They're doing a lot of things like that, aren't they, where they they know that other people are doing it. It's like the whole Porsche Classic program, Steve. Mm. You know, the Porsche mm. Classic, how certain dealers are Porsche Classic. Because I know other companies were doing it, so they want to you know, they want to make sure they get in on it. You know what I mean? They want yeah. to make sure you take it to them instead of taking it to to other other um, specialists. Um, yeah. So they're they're thinking about it. Someone at Porsche is definitely thinking about it. How to keep you keep you in their ecosystem? Yeah. Speaking of Porsche, just um, if you haven't watched, um, they did a lot of their kind of um, sort of film content. I find a little bit sort of corporate, but. Um, they did a sort of film documentary docu-series um, following Michael Fassbender um, becoming like a, trying to get it to Le Mans, like learning to race a GT3. So he's obviously like a car head to kind of begin with, but they've just sort of documented him um, doing like a whole bunch of kind of different races around Europe and stuff. That was quite interesting if you're yeah, into you know, motorsport. I saw that in your list and I haven't actually seen that. I'm going to do a search for that because I quite yeah. like Fassbender. There's about, I think there's maybe four or five episodes um, and it, you kind of, you watch him sort of learning off, um, geez, I can't remember who the guy that sort of helps him. Uh, it, it's really well done. Yeah. And not that I know anything about motorsport, but if you're kind of vaguely into it, um, 
Yeah. You're sort of watching the highs and lows of, you know, like when he has a kind of uh, a good race or a bad race and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, speaking of that, you should everyone should watch that, and I'm sure some people have already, the Pikes Peak one with um, Jeff Swart, is it? Swart. Yeah, Swart's Jeff awesome. Swart going up, in, uh, going up Pikes Peak this year, 2020, uh, in a 935. 935 was actually given commission to him or given to him by um, the Ingram family. The Ingram family owned the Ingram collection, which people know about. Ingram family are Rhodes Scholars. Uh, Porsche Malone on Instagram. There's a son who I follow who's got a really good Instagram. You should look at that. Um, but it was interesting hearing just what talk about it, how he said he was, you know, his time was good, but he was also thinking in the back of his mind that this car is one of 70 and it's not, it's not his <laughs> when he was going yeah. up the hill at the beginning. So I thought that was quite interesting. He was still, to me, he was still going very fast, but, uh, I don't know. And he's done, uh, he's done Pike speak for lots of times, right? Generate yeah. like 17 times or something he said, or so many yeah. times, or a lot of times. So what's on my list of um, people that I kind of follow um, just in general because he's an old, he's a photographer, director by kind of craft um, and because he sort of um, did all the work for like um, advertising agencies back in the day. Um, he's obviously like super successful and used to kind of work on all the kind of car accounts and stuff like that. But then, so not only is he an accomplished um, sort of photographer, director in the advertising world, he's also a race car driver <laughs> and, you know, race professionally so, sort of within the Porsche motorsport team in um, North America. So he's sort of living the dream. Um, I think he, he's connected to um, uh, Lyft Gold, isn't he? Is he's he one the... Of the... Um... He's part of uh, Luftekult, or however you say it, with uh, Patrick Long. Him and Patrick Long, and, and Jeff is the guy that curates it all. He's the one that works out how. He's the one that really oh, helps. I mean, they look for the locations together, but he's the one that lays it all out and, and, and thinks of these ideas of, of, of how to place them. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the creative side of it uh, for Patrick Long. Um, yeah. But he's, so, he's very good. I mean... You know, the story about when they did it at the studios, you know, looking for the studio, the one they did in um, Munich, you know, all of that, like the direction of it, even the one in Bicester here in London when they had the one in Bicester. So Jeff Swartz, a part of um, Luftekult or whatever it is. Um, I never know how to say it. I think it's Luftekult, isn't it? Someone said yeah. it was Luftekult. I just call it Luft. He's cool. He's a really cool old guy. He's got had so much um, experience, but um, knowledge in Porsche, like in his taste, like he rides around in that, is it a 356 with a carbon fiber canoe on there yeah yeah he has a yeah he has a 356 he has his dog and he puts his really expensive carbon fiber canoe and he goes up to the mountains and then he like canoes with his dog and in the 356 so it's kind of living the dream it really is living the dream you know what i mean yeah Um, there's another guy in a three go on uh just because look we're obviously just sort of spewing out inspirational people or places or whatever um so I'd sort of um, started to follow Larry Chen as well, um, who's like a motorsport um, photographer that's sort of a bit zwartish in terms of um, he's sort of like a car head. I think he shoots for Hoonigan, is it? Autofocus? But I think he's got a 996 Turbo as well. Um, he's been around for a while. I, I don't know. I see his name come up all the time. Larry Chen photo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his, um, his photography is pretty amazing. Um, but I, uh, I think Alpha Spot? in the latest... Does he photograph for Alpha Spot? He photographs for a lot of people. Oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I tend to follow him as well. Like he's kind of um, got some... This is, on uh, in, this is on Instagram, right? We're talking Instagram now. We're YouTube as well. Instagram. YouTube as oh, well. Oh, YouTube? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen him on YouTube. 
Yep. Um, but that YouTube, I don't have much more for YouTube. I mean, there's lots of things I just, like I said, I just search and they come up and I watch individual videos. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of said the main ones there. I don't really have oh, anything okay. else. Oh, the detail, I think you had this later in your, I think you were talking about this later in your list, but M-O-N-Y-C, hmm. who's a mate of Matt Farah, they used to have a business together a long time ago detailing cars. Yep. If you want to know about detailing and, 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 and just for interest really, I mean, he does, there's some great detailing videos on his um, YouTube channel. I know that sounds a bit boring, but it's actually not boring. Uh, sometimes they're not always Porsches, of course, but there was a really particular good one I liked him do where he was doing this Mercedes-Benz that was locked up in a garage for like 30 years and he and they wanted to sell the Mercedes-Benz. I think it was an SL Pocota or something. And then mm. he just did a light sort of um, detail on it. I think it's quite good how he knows all about paint and he, you know, you get some tips there if you want to be that particular, but I think you had him as well. I forget his first name, but the MO New York City. Larry. Guy. Larry Casilla. Larry. That's right, Larry, yeah. So he's, I mean, I don't really watch detailing videos on YouTube, but I watch him. Yeah, I don't really watch that, um, that much of it as well. That's about it for YouTube, isn't it? Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I, was, I wasn't going in order of platforms or anything. I was kind of skipping around like crazy. Let's just get to Instagram, about... though. Let's just come back yeah. to Instagram, Steve. Sorry, just come back to Instagram um, for a second. But Instagram, I, I mean, guess... And I know most people are on Instagram now, and I know a lot of people were hesitant to get onto it in the beginning. Uh, I don't know why, but people seem to be quite hesitant. And I think, I guess I was hesitant as well. I can tell you why. Um, and I know some people, <laughs> some, people are still, some people are still not on it. See, I was never really on Facebook. I never had a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page now because I have it for Porsche Cooled, so I had to do one for myself. Um, so, but I don't really, I never did Facebook. Uh, I never yeah, really wanted I. to do it. Um, so Instagram... Oh, and on that point, last night, last night, Porsche Cooled hit 10K followers after okay. one year. 10,000 well followers. It's a big milestone in uh, Instagram, Instagram uh, influencer history. Did they send you 10K. a plaque or a trophy or something for that? No, they unlocked this special thing where you can um, swipe up and add a link, which they only give you after 10K followers. Yeah, right. Cool. Which came through this morning, which I've got it now. So that's good for that, for Porsche Cooled. Um, but, you know, you Instagram... Mm? Yeah, last week they... Didn't you say they accused you? Two weeks ago, or last week ago, they thought I was a bot. They thought I was buying followers and buying likes, so they locked me out of it for a week, and I kept telling them they made a mistake. Um, mm. And it's happened to me once before, actually, and they, they usually take the block off straight away, but this time they didn't. So I know that doesn't sound like it's that important, but it, it kind of is when you have a, an Instagram of that many followers, you actually lose a lot of views and a lot of impressions really, really quickly. After a week, because I can't post anything. Oh, but then again, I could post stories. This is the stupidity mm -hmm. of it. I couldn't post a post. I couldn't comment on a post. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't like anything, but I could post a story. Mm -hmm. So work that out. I don't understand. Um, but Inst Instagram for me, I think, is, is the main inspiration. And it's not just cars. It's other things as well. It's design. It's watches. It's architecture, etc. cetera. Um, but with Instagram, I think it's just... It's just that you can connect with people, you know what I mean? Because you are liking similar things and there are people, you know, that will reach out to you, uh, Porsche people, um, so you can connect with people. So I think it, it, is a great it, is, it is great for getting inspired. It's a great communication tool. Uh, and it's good to, just to meet other Porsche people that you wouldn't normally meet who are located, you know, in other parts of the world. Um, so especially if you want to talk, you know, people will always want to have a chat about their car or send you a picture of their car. Um, Porsche could, I get people sending me images of their cars all the time, um, obviously to post on, on the, on the Insta, but Instagram for me, 
I'm not going to, I don't want to list all the ones I follow, Steve, because there's just way too many. Mm. Um, but there's some that stand out and I think they stand out only because they're a little bit different. Actually, they're not different because that's quite common and you're going to disagree. But um, I'm going to say the first one, I'm going to say that Porsche, I'm going to say that Porsche girl or that Porsche girl. I think her, I think her name's Lara. Um, I've spoken to her before. Um, I think she's got a good Instagram because she's got those two air cools uh, because she's a girl. Uh, you know, the air cools are pretty cool. She's got a turbo um, and then she's got a 70. I don't know what it is, 911S. I think it's a 70 something, 77 or 76 or something, 911S. So they got two. I think it's her and a partner or I'm not sure if it's a husband or a partner. I think they both it's own the car and I think he's, yeah. yeah, and I think he's involved in something. He's got another, there's another um, Instagram that he's involved with, I think. Um, but I like her. Um, I mentioned um, Ingram collection before, which is the people that have the biggest Porsche collection in the US or the world. Um, Porsche... Malone, and that's um, I can't remember his name, but that's that's the son of um, that's the son, and that's Road Scholars. He's also they're also Road Scholars. Porsche Malone is actually Road Scholars mm -hmm. uh, Ingram collection. So I like that one. I like the image because he's got they've got so many unique and rare cars. He posts them. How you follow? Do you follow Porsche Malone? Mm, don't know. I don't think so. It's the orange circle. Yeah, I can't remember. Porsche Cool is a ruby stone circle. He's got the orange circle. Uh, Cult, I also follow, which is a good one. People, most people know about that. I also follow, I also wanted to mention GT3 point and GT3 point I know is probably not a one you would think that I would talk about. Uh, he roasts, reposts other Porsche images, the same as what Porsche cool does, the same as what I do. Um, he's, he posts a lot. He posts a lot of posts every day. I like a lot of posts, but I like that. I like that Insta because I like the fact that, um, you do miss things. And because he posts so much, like I, I see things from other, other Insta accounts that I wouldn't, that I have come across and he's reposted it. So I check who's, what, where the image came from. And then I find these other accounts. So I found some really good other accounts, like some of them are really small accounts too, but interesting mm -hmm. little small Porsche accounts. Um, so I, I like GT3 point for that. Um, cause it's just purely Porsche images. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're into 912s, um, passion of 912 is a great one. Uh, I would recommend following that if you like uh, the, the 912 Porsche. Yep. Some great images. Um, what have you got, Steve? Um, I'm, I don't necessarily kind of follow like tons of stuff on Insta. Like, and I knew that you would, so I just, that's sort of why I was just sitting there not saying a hell of a lot. So I don't really have that much to add. I've, I don't mind the um, PTS, PTSR, RS, um, the paint to sample guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I find that I like sort that of too. yeah vaguely interesting. There's another one which is sort of very very similar. Is that somebody ripping him off? <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a couple Porsche of painter sample ones. Or yeah, I, I don't know which one. There's the original. I don't even know what the handle is, but there's the original guy, and yeah. then there's someone that did one who's the same. Yeah, I really enjoyed that Instagram. The original guy, which is is it yeah. PTSR is the original. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So. PTSR is the original. He's got heaps of followers. I yeah. really enjoyed that when the 991.2 GT3 came out. Yep. You know what I mean? Because that's when he was posting all the people were giving him photos, uh, images from dealers in the US and you were seeing these really, yep. you know, not just the color, but also the uh, exclusive manufacturer options yeah, that yeah, some yeah. of these people would do on these cars. And that's the great part about it. You get to see all these options that you wouldn't normally see. Um, and then there's the other side, like Steve said, that, that copied, that does the same sort of concept. Um, I heard, but that's um, a, that's I should have mentioned that actually that's a really good one. I heard his um 
a little interview with him, like the guy that sort of started it. He's got quite an interesting story and all of that sort of stuff, and now he's kind of doing Rare Shades, all of that sort of thing. Um, But um, just how he kind of came about sort of building it up, he was just sort of like an enthusiast with like a very kind of detailed sort of brain in terms of kind of collecting all the data in terms of um, Mm. different sort of, um, as you sort of said, like um, option codes and stuff like that. So... It just sort of yeah, has become you, this weird font of information, basically. Well, you can see what colours are available, you know what I mean? I think mm. it was a bit frustrating to people in, in the UK at the time because people in the UK couldn't get paint a sample. So um, on the GT3, well, to sample, the US, on the GT3. Paint a sample only really became sort of a thing sort of more with 991s. He was talking about it because he sort of said, like, paint a sample existed, for example, in with 997s, but it just sort of blew up with... Um, kind of nine on ones and all of a sudden everybody was sort of kind of going there. Um, it's just interesting, yeah. I suppose. No, that's a good one. That's a good, that's a good, inst- it's good to get, you know, see all those things in real life and to see the, the different options you can, you could do some things you wouldn't yeah. even think you could do. The only uh, two, two things I'd kind of call out for Instagram would be going back to sort of proper motoring journal stuff, as opposed to, you know, amateurs is, um, drive nation. Um, they do a podcast as well, but they started on Instagram. And the clever thing about their sort of um, Instagram account, if you don't follow it, is that they're sort of like little stories. Um, you know, like when you flick through what normally are photographs, they actually kind of write really, really concise little kind of narratives. So it's like a little um, sort of magazine article in an Instagram post. Um, right. So that's Andrew Frankel, who's a old kind of UK proper kind of car Jono and a younger guy, um, Dan Prosser. Um, so I actually really quite like what they've sort of done. It's actually quite unique. Um, surpri- right. I'm actually surprised more people haven't followed that format in terms of turning um, Instagram posts into sort of more like a, um, like I sort of said, like an editorial type channel. And then this isn't Porsche related, but um, if you've never listened or um, come across um, this session on air, I found him through what uh, smoking tire, Matt Farah, but um, Christian James Hand. What's it called? The session on air. This is, this is on YouTube. No, this is Instagram. on Instagram. 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 Um, yeah, there's a dude called Christian James Hand. And um, he, he's sort of like a muso. Um, I think he's a producer, used to kind of sing blah, blah, blah. But he does this, this um, show where he takes all these kind of cool songs and he breaks them down into their original tracks. Um, I know this has got nothing to do with cars, but um, I just kind of came across it. And if you don't actually have to be into music, like he, he broke down like, like Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Right. And you, you probably kind of go, I hate that song. But if you go and listen to his, um, his show and listen to how he kind of tells you a little bit of a story as how, how they kind of came about it and the different, you know, the different um, tracks and what's involved in that actual kind of song, um, it's amazing. So he, he now does, he, he does a show on, um, on the radio in um, the US, but Where I think because he, of COVID. But the Instagram only has one post. Mm, the session on air? Yeah, well, look up him. King King Trut is 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 his <laughs> personal account. Um, the session on air has one post, unless he does it on stories. Yeah, so he does a he does a live show on Instagram now. Like you can basically, oh, okay, okay. He'll sit okay, in his apartment and you can tune in and he'll do one of his live shows, which he didn't used to do. It's just because right. once COVID hit, he started doing it um, on Instagram. Okay. Completely non um, car related, yep. but pretty cool. Mm. I'll check it out. I will check it out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the only other Instagrams that I follow, are, not that I follow, I follow so many, like I said, I, I'm not listing all of them, but the other ones that stand out, I roof, I always, I follow the roof, the various yep. roof ones. I always like looking yep. at that. Um, yep. I do follow Magnus Walker. I know Steve's not a fan. I do follow Magnus <laughs> Walker. I do watch, I do watch his live uh, Instagrams that he's been doing. Some of them, sometimes he's got some interesting people on, you know, he's, he's still got the passion. I mean, he's just bought a Jaguar and he's just bought a Rolls Royce for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? So like. Uh-huh. I do I do kind of appreciate his passion and his inspiration. Um, he doesn't do as many things for Porsche. I don't think Porsche AG or Porsche Factory anymore, right? He doesn't do a lot of their press. Um, but he's still a, a huge enthusiast, obviously, with his huge collection. Uh-huh. Um, the other people are Guntherworks, who are the Resto Mod sort of people, and Singer. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, Guntherworks is doing the full carbon body um, based on the 993. Isn't it? 993. Yeah. Gunther they look mad. And Singer. Um, and Singer I watched all of the videos. They've yeah. sort of obviously done a bit of a kind of PR sort of thing. So they're on all the kind of car shows and stuff yeah. like that. They're, um, their cars look amazing. Um, their cars are amazing. Um, people say that the, I think Matt Farah said in one of the, when he was driving the green one, the recent one, he was driving mm-hmm. the green Gunther Works, the latest version. I mean, they're very expensive. They're like, you know, you're talking 500,000 pounds, 500,000 US here. They're like, they're like Singer prices. Yeah. Um, but he did make the point that the singer is still nothing beats the singer inside. Singer is still more, more unique. Do you know what I mean? It's still yeah. more um, bespoke. The singer's more bespoke. Where the Gunther works, they still use some parts. You can see a, like a generic part where the singer is pretty much everything's pretty much bespoke what they put in there. I think it's different though, like because a, a singer is sort of more retro-ish, whereas a Gunther works because it's based on a nine nine three. Um, and it's all kind of carbon, like they're owned by, yes. um, well, they're started by the same people. That, is it Vorsteiner? Which is yes, a kind correct. of carbon sort of place. Mm, which they don't um, make sort of known, but they've been around for ages, Vorsteiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of the, like even though they're Porsches and they're kind of remastered or whatever the phrase is, um, they've kind of got a slightly different take on each other. Yeah, um, both kind of Risto mod sort of things though. Yeah. Um, that's about it for Instagram. There was one I always go to, and he's he's just a little guy. He's a small site, a small Instagram called Turbo Tom Seventy Seven, and I basically mm-hmm. watch that because he always has the he goes to the Porsche Club, uh, London region, I think it is, and they have an out east thing, and he always posts all, pictures of all the cars that go to the Porsche Club meet, which is just near where I am here in Canary Wharf. It's pretty close by. Triple um, yeah. Zero Magazine, I follow that. And I also look at Duck and Whale, the guy from Duck and Whale, because just for the Australian content and cars that he's like photographing for the magazine and stuff like that. So I do actually follow him as well. They're just he's sort gone of global, hasn't just... he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um his magazine does pretty well. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, on Instagram you see the comments. People love the magazine. So hard thing to do to kind of publish your own magazine these days. Like um, very commercially, difficult. very difficult. Yeah, super super expensive to do and. Um, can't imagine that there'd be that many people, unfortunately, that don't, that buy magazines anymore. Well, the problem with anything, problem with this podcast, problem with everything, when you start making content, it's like a monster, isn't it? They say just got to mm. keep feeding the monster, you know. Yep. yep. And it's hard to have fresh con, uh, fresh uh, content. And magazines must be even harder because you got to take do the whole shoot. You know? you know how this works, Steve. This is your expertise. Oh, but sort like of. just getting it all, getting it all lined up, and getting you know getting the getting the cars to take the photos for these, for these magazines every month or every quarter or whenever he brings them out. Uh, it mustn't be easy. The same as Triple Zero. Like, I saw the Just copy of Triple Zero magazine. Yeah. yeah, and the Triple Zero magazine that, um, I don't know what Duck and Wells quality like. I, can't, I, I remember seeing one at Autohouse when I was sitting there waiting. 
And I think yeah. it came in at the time, but I, I remember seeing it, but I can't remember the quality so much. But Triple yeah. Zero magazine is, is really good quality. You know what I yeah. mean? And these magazines should be because they're charging you premium price. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Curves, I think this Curves magazine that I bought, the one thing I have to say, it only cost 15 pound or 15 euro. And the quality of the photography and the paper, it's a really, it's a magazine, but it's, you know, it's about yeah. that thick. Yeah. Like, what's that? Five centimeters or whatever. But it's, but it's an inch, yeah. But it's, it's really good quality for the money. I think that that's what's quite stands out with the Curves magazine. The quality of the photographs and the quality of the print for a yep. low price. Triple yep. Zero is obviously great photographs, great content. And I just looked at it briefly when, when Nick showed it to me when he had it in his car. Um, but, you know, it's expensive. It is very mm. expensive. Mm. Um, I don't know where you, where you set the limit on these magazines, but they're collectible and you keep them forever. Um, yeah, exactly. That's how it works. I mean, I've got, um, I used to get every sort of um, Porsche magazine known to man, um, like Title 911, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I've still got kind of, actually threw half of them out. I kind of kept some of them that had 997 GT3s in them, but um, I used to religiously buy all of that sort of stuff. But it's yeah. just funny that those days seem to be kind of slightly gone. No Are you subscribed to, to the Total 911? You still get it um, electronically? Uh, no, I stopped. I stopped ages ago. Right. I occasionally um, get an get one every now and again. Yeah. Um, what else? I think we're getting close to being over an hour here, so we like to keep it around an hour. Yeah, I think yeah. we've gone way past. Um, the other thing, Steve, I mean... Mm. You sound a little bit hesitant. Uh, forums, I think, like, that, that, they're all pretty obvious. Like, pretty sure anybody that's listening to this will kind of probably surf somewhere along the line, Renlist... Piston Heads, 911 UK is quite a good sort of site for information. Yep. Um, it's I a great find. site. Yep. Um, Rentech is actually a slightly more obscure one, but um, and um, I've found it useful occasionally. So they're the sort of yeah, forums I, that I, I sort of tend to read most days. I mean, the forums obviously are the first point when you think, if you're thinking about buying a 911 or you've just bought your 911, I guess, apart from talking to friends that own, own, a Porsche or own a 911 or your Porsche specialist, I guess the forums yep. is where you go to, right? I mean, you do yep. the search. Um, yep. The same as YouTube where you do the search to do installation videos. But, I mean, I've I got a lot of information from the forums, um, you know, about, I can't even remember what it was now, something I had to fix with my CD player, the CD player in my car, and the CD was jammed and someone told you how to do it, how to release it. And I couldn't mm. find it anywhere on any other site. And then I found it, I think it was on Renlist, uh, and I found how to do it. And I actually it was could release the CD, and then I can use the CD player in the car. Um, th- old technology, I know, but I still do use it. I'm pretty sure these days, if you kind of type in a search, like a, do a Google search for you know how to fix the CD player in a Porsche 997, the first yeah, but it doesn't. The first listing yeah. will be a Renlist list listing, listing. Sometimes, sometimes I actually put Renlist. I actually put the name of the forum in the, in the search now. Because sometimes right. I find it doesn't come up with, with forum searches, which is really odd. So if I want, really? if I've seen something on Renlist and I vaguely remember it and I can't find it, I just do a mm. Google search and do it. Because when I do Renlist search, I can never seem to get it, even though I log in and something like that. Oh, okay. um, but, you know, the forums are great. Um, Porsche Forums Australia, I know Steve goes to it. Like those guys on that forum, I hope they're not listening because they really annoy me, most of the people on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stalk. I, I read. 
I read it more just to sort of see like um, what cars are kind of floating about and um, a little bit of background stories on the kind of cars on the market. Not even though I'm not sort of you know looking to buy anything, I'm just kind of curious more about that. Porsche Porsche Forums Australia PFA or whatever they call themselves. I mean, I don't seem to be a lot of active members, and and I'm there are a couple of people on that forum, and I'm going to have to say it. They really like their their arrogance. Their arrogance is just like unbelievable. I'm sorry, it's just unbelievable. You know what? You know what I mean, Steve? Like they just mm-hmm. the way they talk I down to certain really people when people come on. I just find them arrogant. I just honestly, I, I stopped going to it because I just find them. I don't know. And even when they talk about cars for sale and they pick out people's car sale ads, I think they're just. I don't know. I think it's a bit out of line. I know that I sort of stuff. I'd on a podcast, but I find it a bit out of line. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't read it enough to kind of know exactly what you're talking about, but I do know what you mean about um, uh, it's not just limited to them, but like when people start kind of commenting on um, speculating on kind of people trying to sell cars and everything, that can be quite harsh because I think um, if you're overly negative about somebody trying to sell their car, but you actually have no foundation for what you're sort of saying, mm-hmm. you could exactly. sort of spoil exactly. and I spoil something for somebody that you know might be completely unwarranted um porsche clubs porsche club forums etc i'm a member of the porsche club bahrain even though i don't have a porsche in bahrain and i'm a member of porsche club new south wales porsche club new south wales is okay i don't know they seem to be are they getting better i don't know mate i've been a member ever since i bought one but to be honest i'm not (laughs) i'm the shittest member in the world in terms of i barely kind of um turn up to events or participate in anything um we were going to talk about things parts and stuff i think we're probably covered i think i don't think we'll i think we'll leave that leave that out today we'll talk about it again another time we have done a parts episode before so people know the sort of brand that the people we're looking at we've we've Um, talked about that many a time i think yeah i just want to go back to the porsche book though steve just got um porsche rs book rs porsche whatever it's called um that's a great book uh that's from a company if you do a search it's called waft or they sell it actually i think they're the publisher waft publishing it's also on amazon as well have a look at Woff Publishing. They have some really good Porsche books on their site. I think it's in Belgium. If you're in the UK, they send free shipping to the UK. Um, but you can also get them on Amazon and other book sites. <clears throat> I saw them in. I saw that book actually in Selfridges yesterday in London when I was in there. My lovely wife just bought me that book, and I had no idea. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, I haven't. I started to flick through it, and it's um quite quite. I think the little stories in it um seem quite interesting and insightful. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's so many great Porsche books out there. That one that I bought, which I can't think of the name, which has got the pink cover, that's a really, really good one. I should should have written it down. I didn't write it down. Ages ago, I bought it. Um, I've got a few in Bahrain too. The 50th anniversary, 70th anniversary one, a new 70th anniversary one. I bought a couple and I took them there. Um, hmm. But I'm I'm kind of going a little bit crazy. Probably what you did years ago <clears throat> is that I'm buying I'm buying too many books. I have to stop, actually. I really do have to stop. I started buying books and then, like, some of them are just sort of sitting in the plastic kind of thing. Uh, there's a couple that I'd really like to actually go back and read. I think one was the sort of full hands um, Metzger story. Um, there's a few kind oh, yeah. of cool ones like that. Yeah. Remember, actually, yep. there's also one... Um, oh, geez, this isn't going to sort of come up very well in a podcast because you really need to um, have it visually, but... Um, I was going to say. Oh, there's a book out there um, which I, th- I really should have a read of, which is um, Learning to Drive Your 911 Properly. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I actually think probably would be quite um, handy to kind of um, mm. read. I don't know if I could sort of sit through that. I'm not a, not a massive kind of um, reader sort of thing, but 
could be quite good. The great book for the 997 is the one that I bought ages ago, which was a guy I think who used to post on forums on Renlist who did oh, the book Adrian about the 997. The essential. Yeah, that guy. That's a great book. If you, know, if you don't have that book, you should buy it, I think. I mean, I know he got criticized and some people said that not everything is correct. I know I did read something on Renlist or some forum where someone said that there were some things that weren't correct. Um, but I think that's a pretty good book. I always look at that book. That's one of the Porsche books I always kind of refer to, that 997 yeah. Essential essential 997. Um, he started with a 993. When I had mine, um, he was writing that book. So I think he kind of wrote the Essential kind of companion for the 993, and then I think he just sort of wrote all the other ones kind of thing. Um, yep. it was, I, I, I've, I've, I think I've got it too. It's quite handy. That's a good pick up, that one. I think it's just it's good if you need the information, then you can find you can search more if you need it, but I think that's a good information. Um, the other thing too, um, we're getting off the track. We're not, it's not really inspiration, but the other thing too is if you go into Renless forums or any of the other forums, usually you can find a link. Someone has got a link to the parts manual for your, for your generation of car. Download it. It's great. It's invaluable. You get the parts numbers. You can see where, where they are. Correct, Steve? Yeah. It's, um, it's known as the PET catalog. If you, PET um, catalog. Yeah. If you just Google search it, you'll find it. Um, and it's, Pretty hand, like Michael just sort of said, it's pretty handy to kind of locate parts, but it actually is also really handy to figure out how something is screwed together. If you're trying to dismantle yes. something, you go find the diagram, then you can work out actually how it yeah. um, comes apart. Well, this is what the Porsche specialists use, right? Auto House have one, I'm sure. They just refer to it, you know? That's how you've got to mm. find your parts, right? But yep. it's, it's, it's a good one, and it's free. You can just download it. So if you haven't downloaded it, just definitely download that. Um, that was one of the first things I downloaded when I got a... Um, when I first got the car. Anything else, Steve? Nope, that's it. I think we're well over time. Yeah, I think that's it for today. We like to keep these podcasts around an hour or so. Uh, it's a bit over an hour again. Um, all right, what are you doing now? Going to bed? Hi. <laughs> Having dinner? Uh, no, going to bed. It's all right. well past my bedtime. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Have a good week, mate. I'll see you. You too, you too, and I'll see you. Um, I'll see you next week when we do yeah, another episode soon. of the episode of the Porsche Cool Podcast live. Probably by then. Everywhere. Probably by then. Um, I'm assuming you'll have yourself a new um, Submariner. Don't no, get I won't have a Submariner. It's going to take longer than that. It's going to take <laughs> Come on, mate. Than that. It will. You're better It'll connected than that, mate. It'll take longer than that. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to. I'm, well, that's another story. I'm not going to get into that now. Um, watch my latest video on YouTube if you want to know what I'm talking about. It's mm. a watch video. It's on YouTube. Got lots of views. More views than my Porsche videos. I don't know what's going on. All right. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you, Steve. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye for now. Bye.